1: The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live.
2: There, There are spiritual gifts and blessings and graces that are not coming to you. You slip, you sin. Sin has blocked it. Sin has... a door there, has blocked it. Now when you turn to Jesus and Jesus turns to the Father, when you confess and Jesus takes your confession and presents it to the Father who is more willing to save you and forgive you and help you and restore you, God is already ready. Are you ready?
1: In 1st John chapter 2, we read that Jesus himself is praying to the Father on our behalf, bringing our needs and petitions to his mighty throne. Join Pastor Jack Morris as he unfolds this wonderful truth. And may your faith be built up knowing you have an advocate in Christ.
2: You have an outline in the bulletin, and you're going to see it also on the screen. The title of the message is Jesus is Praying for You. Uh, That blesses me so much as I remember, as I reflect, as I think that Jesus is that concerned about each of us, concerned that much about me, that he is now at the Father's right hand praying and interceding and talking to the Father about me, of all people, me, of all people, you. I want you to think about it with me today, how Jesus is praying. When we're going through the rough places and difficult times in our life, Jesus is there praying to the Father, talking to the Father about that rough place, that difficult time, or that wonderful mountaintop experience of rejoicing. He's talking to the Lord Father about that and bringing that to the Father's attention. The Father already knows it. He, Jesus isn't informing the Father, but and the Father is certainly not reluctant, but the Holy Spirit here with us, helping us, Jesus at the right hand of the Father, the Father on the throne of glory, cooperating the three of them in unity to bring blessing, healing, health, and restoration to your life and to my life. What, an, what a connection, what a relationship that you and I have with the Lord today. Now, we're going to look at John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. This is the John that wrote the Gospel of John, who also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, who also wrote the book of Revelation. This John was a first cousin to Jesus in the flesh. Jesus' mother Mary had at least one sister that we know of, and her sister had a child, and they named him John. This is not John the Baptist. This is John the Apostle. And in the flesh, this was Jesus' first cousin. He was with Jesus in the flesh. He knew Jesus. He leaned on Jesus' breast at the, the Last Supper, and he was this disciple when he referred to himself as the one that Jesus loved. Now, He's an old man when he's writing First John. He's soon going to be exiled to the Isle of Patmos where he will die. But before he dies, he has a great revelation of Jesus in glory. He was his cousin when he was here on earth in the flesh, but now he's the Messiah in glory, and he has a great revelation. But before he is exiled to the Isle of Patmos and writes the book of Revelation, he writes this epistle. And notice, read verse 1 with me. Together, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Now notice how he starts out. He's an old man. My dear children, this old apostle with great love, fatherly love, fatherly affection for his followers. Now, he writes to his congregation, but this letter is circulated among many congregations, and he had been in the ministry John had for so many years. He had disciples and had converts in many congregations and he loved them all he he was their spiritual father so he could write to them and notice he says my dear children he said you're you're mine i'm your spiritual father you're my sons and my daughter you came to jesus under my ministry and i love you with the love of the lord you are mine and he says and he refers to them as dear children Love beyond price. That's what the word dear means. It's a love that reaches out and touches, and a love that it bonds, and a love that won't go away, a love that is everlasting. It's, it's the love of Jesus in this apostle, reaching out and bonding with his followers, his converts, uh, people of his congregation, and other congregations where his people are residing. He loved them. He said, my dear children. It's a very diminutive a statement, but Jesus referred to the disciples as his children on one occasion. He, he called them children. And so, John says, you're my dear children. Now, because they are his in the Spirit, he wants the best for them. John wants the best for them. Said, you have children, we have children, and we want the best for our children. Now, these are John's spiritual children, and he desires the best for them. He, John is feeling exactly what Jesus is feeling. Jesus is in heaven on the Father's right hand, praying and interceding. Jesus wanting us to receive the very best. I mean, Jesus has you in sight. He's looking at you. He's thinking about you. He's praying for you. He's desiring the best for you. And so now John is feeling that same thing, that same spirit. And he also wants the best for his followers. Now, I want you to look at the screen and read Psalm 84, verse 11. Would you read that together in unison? No good thing will God withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, walk uprightly. This this life is a journey. John is writing to his followers. Soon he's going to leave them. He's an old man. He's going to die. But he says, keep walking. Keep walking and make sure your walk is an upright walk before the Lord. You were saved out of the beggarly elements of the world. Don't go back and crawl in the dirt again of sin, of lust, of temptation. Don't yield to that. John is going to go away. He's not going to be able to talk to them very much more. He's very concerned that they keep on following the Lord. What God has done has been a great work in you. Now, keep going on with that work. Don't let that experience become dull. Don't let it become passive. Come on, stay alert walk uprightly. Now, notice what he says. The psalmist is saying, no good thing will God withhold from them that walk uprightly. Isn't that wonderful to know Jesus and to know that you can walk uprightly with Jesus when everything is going wrong, when the temptations are there and difficult times? A friend of mine, a minister I met, uh, and uh, who I had known for many years, and I talked to him, and we shared our experience of the journey that we had been on. <clears throat> he had been here at the church many years ago, and uh, he reminded me of some things that I'd forgotten about. He said, uh, and I took him all through the buildings, and he just rejoiced and rejoiced with me. He said, I remember he said, I remember when you brought, walked back into the woods here with me, you took me back in here and we crawled back in here and you said to me, right here is where the building is going to go up. And he just, he, he stood right out here and he just laughed when he said that. He said, I said, I don't even remember doing that. He said, yeah, I said, you came back here and said, right here is where the building is going to go up. Well, it's been a journey, uh, nearly 36 years just here. But then he told me about his journey. We went to lunch, and I listened, and he said that uh, it's been difficult. It's not always been, been easy. He said, being a, a minister, raising three children, uh, he said, and the, and the stress that it put on our, our marriage... And I mean, if it hadn't been for Corinne, I, I know I couldn't have made it here. The, the stress that, that, that comes and, and the, the financial situations that we had to confront. And, and he told me about the situations that he had to confront. And then when, when was, we were just about ready to, to leave one another, he says to me, He said, But and let me get the scripture here. In Acts 20, 24, he says, So that I might finish my course with joy. We're on a course. God has set us on a course. He saved us and he put us on a journey. And now we're walking this Christian life. These walks will take us down into valleys and then all of a sudden back up again onto the mountaintop and then back down into the valleys again. That's the way the Christian life is. And I don't know why that surprises so many Christians. I don't know why. They thought they're saved. Now life's just going to be a bowl of cherries. <laughs> it's a cakewalk to heaven. Not all at all. You know what? You once served the devil, and the devil wants you back. And he's going to come and lay traps and lay snares. He's going to do anything and everything through your husband, through your wife, through your children, through your job, through your finances, to upset you.
1: Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message. Following this important invitation, Live, in-person services are now available for you to attend every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. If you choose to join us virtually for the live service, simply go to LargoCC.org at 9 a.m. this Sunday and click on Watch Live at the top of the homepage. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message.
2: Now, would you put up on the screen James chapter 1, verse 17? Read it in unison with me. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, we do some changing sometimes, and we do some shifting shadows, but not not the Father. Not the Father. Every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect gift, every gift that is authentic, every gift that is genuine every gift that is pure, every gift and good and perfect gift is come above, from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, the Father who created all the stars and the heavenly lights and all the planets. He's your Father. He's your Abba Father. He is now coming to you with blessings, with goodness, with wonderful gifts who does not change like shifting shadows. You see, God loves you. He wants the best for you. He's not going to back off. Don't you back off. Walk with him. He'll strengthen you. He'll bless you. He'll give you help. Now, notice every good and perfect gift. No good thing will he withhold from you. There are sometimes we are praying for things, and they don't work out quite like we would like them to, or when when we would like them to. And so we, we become upset, and... Uh, It's, we wonder why it hasn't worked out and why God withheld uh, that from me that I felt was good for me, but he didn't give to me. I was with a missionary couple one time, and they have beautiful little children. Their children are grown up now, but this one little boy loved mashed potatoes. Now, I like mashed potatoes too, but in moderation, (laughs) moderation, you know, but I've never seen anybody like mashed potatoes, like that boy, like mashed potatoes. The mother put a big stack of it in his plate. He ate it. He wanted more. She gave him some more. He wanted more. She said, no. She said, enough. You're, you're, you're overdoing it. It's, it's too much. Now, there's nothing wrong, really, with mashed potatoes, is there? That wasn't a sin, mashed potatoes. What's more innocent than mashed potatoes? <laughs> But sometimes God will hold back something that you think is good and that is innocent. But at the moment, it's not good and innocent for you. I mean, you do have a heavenly Father. Come on, rely on Him once in a while and let Him give you what is best for you. And He'll withhold things that need to be withhold. After all, we're children, aren't we? Children of God. John said, my dear children. And so sometimes children want more mashed potatoes than what they should have. And so God says, hey, moderation, you know, don't have, you don't get to all of that. Now, notice these good gifts are conditional, point B in your outline. They're conditional. Now, I want you to look at the screen and read what you see there from Psalm 84, verse 11. Walk uprightly so that you would not sin. Does that surprise you when you read that God is talking to Christians? talking to believers, talking to the faithful about sinning. Have you ever thought about that? Walk uprightly. He said, so that you don't... He's not talking about salvation, not talking about redemption, not talking about the born-again experience. He's talking to people who are already born again, who are already uh, redeemed and righteous. And he says, so that you would not sin there are times that Christians sin. No, no clapping? Man, I thought I hit a high note. <laughs> no. There are times that we, because we're in the flesh, because we're still human, there are times that we're going to do some things that we do not want to do, that we do not enjoy doing, but some, it, it just involuntarily... We will do them only to find out, Lord, why did I do that? That wasn't Christ-like. Why did I think that thought? Why did I say that word? Why do I have that ill-will feeling uh, uh, toward a family member or toward somebody where I work or that ill-will feeling toward some member of the church where I attend? Why does that happen? And then we think, I shouldn't feel that way. Of course not you shouldn't feel that way. But, if we walk uprightly, if we walk with Jesus, he will give us power. He will give us strength. He will bless us. You see, Satan is laying snares. You'll fall into a snare, perhaps, if you're not walking uprightly. Even when you're doing the very best you can, sometimes things will happen that you're not pleased with, that you look back and you wish, oh, I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I could take that back. But you can't and the Lord knows it, and you and I need to be patient with each other also and love one another and realize that we we can't take things back and not hold each other so accountable and be so judgmental at each other. But the devil wants us to sin, and sometimes we do sin, and the sin causes us more problems, the afterthought, Than the act itself, because we start calling ourselves names, we call ourselves a hypocrite, we we, we feel uncomfortable in the house of God, we even feel so uncomfortable that we wish we hadn't even gotten up and gone to church that day, because we keep thinking, why did I do that? Why did I think that? Why did I behave in that, that way? I know the Lord isn't pleased. And so we, we open the hymnal. We, oh, I don't want to sing that hymn. We hear the pastor. We, I don't want to look at him today. I'll keep looking down. You know? <laughs> uh, so so we, we begin to react in that way. But listen to this. Listen to what the scripture tells us. I'm going back. I want you to open again. I want you to read verse 1. Read verse 1. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Pick up your Bible and read that verse with me in unison. My dear children... I write this to you so that you will not sin. Now stop there. My dear children, these are children of God. These are converts of the apostle. And he's talking to his converts about sinning. My dear children, I write this to you. I don't want you to sin. I want you to have God's best. If you sin, you're going to, you're going to block the, the blessing of the Lord. God's going to have to pour some spiritual draino in you to get you unclogged so that the blessing of God can begin to flow again. Notice, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Now, look at the next word. But if any... Come on, read it. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. But if we do sin, that doesn't mean that God has excommunicated you? No, God's mercy is still free. He opens his heart to you. He he reaches out to you. Uh, He sees you coming. He will put his arms around you. He will fall on your neck. He will kiss you. He will put the robe on you. He will kill the fatted calf. Whatever it takes, God wants you back. He knows you've slipped. In thought, in word, in behavior, in some way. Uh, He knows how uncomfortable you feel. He knows how down on yourself you are. He he doesn't like you to condemn yourself. He wants to lift you back up and he wants to get you walking uprightly again. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is what God wants to do for you. Now, Jesus is our advocate. Look at what we look at the verse. Read, Read the verse with me. We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Now, Jesus came and he lived on this earth in human flesh. He knows what it's like to be a human. He knows what you're going through. He knows the things that you're experiencing. And he did it. He came here so that he could understand and and sympathize with our weaknesses and our infirmities. He did that. He knows exactly where we are and what we're going through. And so now he's in in heaven at the Father's right hand, and he's saying, oh, yeah, that person slipped. But, Father, I can just hear him. I can just imagine. I can hear him say to the Father. He's on on the Father's right hand. He'll say, Father... You allowed me to be his substitute. You allowed me to bleed for him. You allowed me to to die on the cross and, and now I have covered him from head to foot with my death and dying. He's covered with my dying. He slipped, he failed, but I still have him covered. I still have her covered. Father, I have put on him the robe of salvation. Father, I have arrayed this person with the salvation robe. This person is arrayed in glory like none of the angels. Father, I have given to him her, that person that failed, that person that slipped, my righteousness. I've given that to them. Father, I have taken jewels from my crown and bedecked him. Father, my robe, soaked with the blood that came from my own veins, now purple, with majestic holy glory I have put around him. Father, he's mine. She's mine. She slipped, but they're still mine. Hallelujah. Now, when that happens, the glory of the Lord will begin to flow again. If joy is cut off from you... You don't feel the joy like you once. These good gifts of peace, peace that transcends all understanding, you don't have peace anymore. You slipped. You don't have joy flowing into you anymore. You don't have that strength that's coming from having that joy flowing into you. There there are spiritual gifts and blessings and graces that are not coming to you. You slipped. You sin. Sin has blocked it. Sin has put a door there, has blocked it. Now, when you turn to Jesus and Jesus turns to the Father, when you confess and Jesus takes your confession and presents it to the Father who is more willing to save you and forgive you and help you and restore you, God is already ready. Are you ready to be restored and to receive the good things of God flowing again? If the good things of God are not flowing to the degree they once were flowing, Then examine your heart. Confess your sin. Next Sunday is Holy Communion Sunday. We're coming into the presence of God in a most unusual way. But right now, God is here to bless and to answer, to forgive, to restore, and to get the glory flowing again. It'll flow. It'll flow from his holy throne. The scripture says in Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God doesn't want to withhold one good thing from you today. And if you're not getting those gifts, then look back, confess whatever it is that needs to be confessing, and open up the channels of glory and the blessings will flow.
1: Isn't it amazing to know that Jesus is our advocate and cares about every need and sorrow we have? Rejoice and praise His name today and thank Him for an everlasting love. Before we go today, here's Pastor Morris with a word of thanks and an invitation.
2: Hello, friend. It's a pleasure serving the Lord with you in this healing ministry. The scripture says He sent His word and healed them, and it also says... The entrance of your word gives light because of your prayers, just knowing that you're out there praying for me and sending offerings to keep this on the air. It brings me great joy and
1: encouragement. God bless you for what you are doing. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.